Morning again. It is just about. I've got the uh, the privilege of carrying on with the get out the series, and I just want to ask a quick question: Who loves a good story? Anybody? I remember growing up um, a program. It's not on anymore. And when I looked it up, I was surprised by how long it ran and by how many episodes. There used to be a program called Jack and Ori. And everybody under 20 went, what? So Jack and Ori was this program basically where they just read stories and people would listen. And sometimes Quentin Blake, who's a bit of an author, they would do some pictures and just people would listen to people telling stories. Now I was thinking, what are my favourite stories? Now I have a really favourite author. And this author genuinely is one of my favourite authors. They are well known for such novel classics as Zog, Gruffalo, The Gruffalo's Child, Snail and the Whale, uh, Zog and the Flying Doctors. They've actually made a new one that's currently on um, CBBS on the iPlayer about the Smeds and the Smoods. Does anybody... Thank you, Michelle's saying, yeah, it's a good story. So for those of you who don't know, she's called Julia Donaldson. And she writes loads of stories. And I also like The Chronicles of Narnia. Now, I only like them for one, two reasons. One, it's a good story. But the second reason is when I was at primary school, I really didn't like reading. I still don't, to be honest. But I really didn't like reading. So my dad came up with this great idea that he said he would pay me for every page of a story that I read. Now, I walked into school, 10 or 11, and I scanned the bookshelf and I saw all these Eni Blyton books and I'd had all them on the tapes in the car, so I didn't want them. And then on the top was the box set. So all of them. Didn't know what it was about. I just saw what I thought were pound signs. But <laughs> my dad was quite clever. He probably paid me less than a tenner to read all the Chronicles of Narnia. And it was just about getting me into reading. It was about getting me learning about stories. Now, for those of you who have got the privilege at this moment in time of having young people, you will have celebrated or commiserated last week, World Book Day. World Book Day, where you make your children dress up and the children say they want to dress up as something and all the parents, the mum in my house, puts, puts a lot more effort into it than I do and a lot more effort into making our children dress up so they go into World Book Day, where actually they probably don't read many books. At my child's school, my kids' school, sorry, they went in painting potatoes as well. Did anybody else do that? They had to paint a potato. So... <laughs> for some reason. My son got away with going in a Wigan Athletic kit because a long time ago someone bought him a book saying when I get older I can play for Wigan Athletic so we got over that one. We also had uh, The White Witch from the Chronicles of Narnia and we also had, it was either Dorothy or Alice, we couldn't quite work it out and we were trying to see if she had her red shoes on. So we went to all that hassle, we got to school and school closed. There was a water, there was a pipe leak or something, Northwest Water, shut the school. So we had the privilege of doing it all again. A couple of days later, again, my wife had the privilege of doing it all again. But it's all about the interest in terms of stories. Because we all love a story. And I want to start with a story. And if you've got your Bible, I'm going to flick between Joshua and Exodus. But I want to start in Joshua 4 verse 1 to 9. And if you've got it on your phones, you can flick it up. If you've got it in your Bible, I'll just start reading and you can catch up. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at a place where you stay tonight. 
So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the, water, the, waters of the Jordan sorry, were cut off. These stones appear to, to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. I just want to hone in really on verse 6. What do these stones mean? So when our children are asking what do these stones mean in the Bible to the Israelites, it's so that their parents and their ancestors can tell a story. It's so they can say, this is what God did here. This is what God did at this moment in time because we didn't have mobile phones a long time ago. They had stories. They had people passing on stories. They had it passed down through generations and generations and generations where they'd be walking around in the desert and they'd go, do you remember that? Do you remember when that happened? And when they remembered, that meant they would go, oh yeah. And then they could do something different because our stories, when we're looking about on the side here, get out there, I almost want to say, we are out there. We are out there. All we've got to do is maybe remember our stories because our testimonies are what we have done. Over the last few weeks, we've heard from people saying, well, I couldn't be in your, I think it was an aqua aerobics class or something like that. I couldn't be in that. But you are where you are because you can or you are out there. The uh, famous Archbishop, Archbishop Desmond Tutu said this, there comes a point where we need to stop pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they are falling in. Maybe our stories will stop people falling in. Maybe our stories, our testimonies, when we are out there, and it could be something as simple as, I used to think my testimony was quite boring. I was dead lucky. My mum and dad went to church. I was born in church. I was brought up. And I just think, well, my mum and dad didn't do this. I've never had this. And I'm so fortunate for that. But I know later on, there'll be young people in our church who go, well, my mum and dad went to church. What's about this? What about this? Because I can maybe impact or have a say in them because I can relate to them. But I can't relate to people who've had problems or had issues where you might have done. You can't relate to the people I work with because you can't. Because you're not there. But what we need to be able to do is share our stories and just be there and talk to people. It's so easy nowadays just to... And I, I, I work in a school... I work in a secondary school and I talk to people about living in a, in a world that's six inches by seven inches by living there and just looking and scrolling. And that might be one of the reasons why I don't like reading as much as I should. Don't read the Bible half as much as I should. Why? Because it's easy to look on my phone and scroll. It's easy just to flick through and go, oh, oh that cat's doing that. All right. But it's clever because your phone learns that that's what you watch. So then it feeds a bit more and it's called, it might be called a feed for a reason. <laughs> But it's feeding you the wrong stuff. We're scrolling through. We need to be the people who can just share our stories with people. Not embellish them. Because I used to think, my, it's pretty boring, isn't it? 
I went to church. I went to school. I did this. I did that. It's boring, that. But it's not. It's my testimony. No one else can say it like I can say it. No one else can say your story like your story. So I don't know what it looks like in your, your life in terms of getting a story. You might be here in church today going, what are you on about? He's weird, him. You might be in church today having been here for years and not made a decision. Or you might be in church saying, do you know what? I can't come to church or I can't get to know God because I've done this, 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 and this. And I saw a video the other day uh, and I sent it to Cookie actually. Sometimes we spend so much time trying to get ourselves sorted for when we come to church or when we meet Jesus that we've spent that long doing that, we miss the boat. And this video basically says, do you get clean before you have a shower? And you don't. You don't have a wash to, well, some of you might do, if you're really OCD, sorry. But we don't get clean to get in the, in the shower. But we need to come to church. We need to be around people. We need to rub off on people. So as they get to meet Jesus, and as Helena and Anna said, it's not up to us to lead people to Jesus. It's up to us just to be us. No, t- take that off yourself. It's not up to you to just keep bringing, or trying to Bible bash people into church. Be you. Let them see you over a period of time. People will watch you and you won't even know it. They'll be watching how you respond when tragedy impacts your life. They'll be watching you how you respond when something happens to you and other people might go this way, but you say, no, I've got to carry on doing this. Because they'll watch. Because they'll want consistency. In a world that flips and changes so much and so quickly, and you've seen it over this past week over social media, how things just change in an instant, they need consistency. And that's what these things are. Because I want to flick back now. I did tell you I'd flick back between. And I want to flick to Exodus 14, 21, verse 21 to 31. And I'll read this nice and quickly. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water to their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them and all the Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and clawed at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen and the entire army of Pharaoh and that followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and Moses, his servant. Then let's just flick forward to Joshua 3, verse 14. If you notice, I've gone backwards. It'll come clear in a minute, hopefully. So when when the people broke to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Lord... No, the Jordan, sorry, is in the flood all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water upstream from them stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah 
sorry if my England's not great, was completely cut off. So the people crossed the over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. When it then carries on into Joshua 4, they knew that God had done something previous to them laying the stones down. They'd already passed through the the sea. But at that point, when we get to Joshua, people will have told those stories. They will have told those stories probably every night around a campfire or something like that. Can you imagine that? Do you remember that? I used used to think when I was a kid, when the water was up, could they see the fish inside it? Just as people are walking through, go, did you see that fish? They might not even know what it was. See how long it was? Just loads of different things where it just pricked an interest or it pricked something inside them where they went and thought, do you remember when God did that? So when they get through and when they're putting the stones down, when they're putting these rocks down, they can, they say, do you remember that? Because I want us to, to think about this in terms of stories and World Book Day. Now, I'm not an English teacher, as you've probably guessed. But in the English language, when we're writing, when there's things in sentences, there's either a full stop or a comma. The difference between a full stop and a comma is quite important. A comma is a pause where we just have a breather. Quite a lot of us, me included, a lot of times we get to a point and we just put a full stop. When actually God says, let's just put a little bit on the bottom of that. Let's just turn that into a comma. Let's just have a breath. Let's pause. Let's reassess. And then let's go again. So too many times we might be, and again, I'm speaking to myself more than anything, We might have been hurt, we might have been upset, we might have done something stupid, we might have made an error, and we go, full stop, I'm done, I'm out. Need a comma. So if you've retired and you're like, I'm done, full stop. No, we're not. You've probably got more time. You might not have, actually. (laughs) Basically, you've probably got more time, but if you've got lots of things going on, then you have. But you might just have to think differently about how you facilitate your time. You might have to rethink, actually, I've got this experience I could offer myself to the church and I could tell stories. There's a, th- there's a thing in Denmark, I haven't put this, there's a thing in Denmark, I think it is, where they take primary school kids and they take them into old folks' homes where the old people are living because it allows the old people to tell stories to young people and the young people interact with the old people. So it's about, actually, if you're retired or you're in between jobs or you're not doing anything, have it as a comma. What do you need to breathe about? What do you need to take time about to then go, right, okay, now I'm ready to go again. Because when they put the rocks down and the band can come back up, I'm very aware of our kids' workers are now busy there. When they put the rocks down, the rocks weren't there to be a foundation. The rocks weren't there for them to live there. They weren't to put something and go, do you remember when God did this? Let's just live here. Let's just stay here forever. Because it's a place where we know that God worked with us. And let's, it's just such a good place to be where all these rocks are, where we are. Because they just lived by the side of a river. Thousands of people. Rather than setting up camp in a place where it was successful or something was really, really good. Have it as a place to remember have it as a point of reference but not a place to live the Israelites had always gone through and were able to tell stories so when the Red Sea parted and then they've gone through and then they come to another body of water 
Is he going to part it? Maybe. Who knows? He did it then. Let's have a go. He might not do the same. He might do it differently. But we know that it's happened before. So at this point now, wherever you are in, in your stage of life or in your stage of career or your stage of whatever, what has God done previously? So you can remember. Now, I did something again the first time the other day at school and I was, I was, I was quite safe in what I did at work. I asked somebody if I could pray for them and what they were doing something separately. It's probably the first time I've done it in an awful long time. But I was dead safe because I knew they were a Christian. So I started easy. I went, I went in and just kind of tiptoed and, went, and he went, this person, I said, oh, would you? That'd be ace. And I just thought, if I throw it out and he says no, all right. Now, my next challenge is, I guess, when, when I know they're not a Christian, <laughs> when I know it's a, might, they might go, you what? Shut up. I'll throw some of that at me. I don't know. But there's lots of opportunities that we can do. Now, I also have a list because you might just say, I can't do this because I am just. And I'm going to finish with this. The band can start whenever. With our testimonies, we might be able to say anything. And everybody needs to be able to tell their story. And whether you're in the mid-flow of a sentence, whether you're at the capital letter of a beginning of a chapter or a name or whatever other capital letters are used for, or you're at a comma and you're at a pause and you're about to just reassess, think about what are you doing in terms of getting out there? It doesn't necessarily mean you have to change everything that you do, but maybe you have to just get out there in what we say. Get out there in how we are. Because Adam was a gardener. Ruth worked in a field. Nehemiah sorry, Nehemiah, carried a cup, David was a shepherd, Joseph was a carpenter, Mary was a mother, Peter was a fisherman, and Paul was a tent maker. Lots of different jobs, lots of different, uh, what's the best way to say it? Lots of different scenarios in society, lots of positions in society, from a shepherd from the lowest, tent maker, field worker, whatever. So don't ever say, I can't because I am. Because actually God is I am. I can't because I do this every day or I, I don't have the opportunity because I'm, I go into my office, nobody sees me, I do this. How can we change that? There might be lots of opportunities every day right in front of us and because we say I am, we miss an opportunity. Maybe it might just be, can I buy you a brew? Do you fancy a brew? I've seen, well you don't have to work, do you fancy just catching up? Especially if it's people you work with a lot, because sometimes they're the people we might miss because we're just with them day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, and we miss the little nuances of life. So when we do say, or when we say to each other, let's get out there, we are out there. But we have to believe we are out there because we have the opportunity to just be us. That's what I like about this. You don't have to do anything that you're not. You don't have to be fake. You don't have to. And people will know if you are. People will. And they'll just say, yeah, do one. But you've just got to have that opportunity. Share. Share your story. I can share with people in my meetings. Because, I, like I say, I work in a school. I can work with parents better because I have four kids. Ever since, because there's that part of relationship where they come in as a parent. I take my teacher head off. I say, let's just talk as parents. So whatever you have, it might be your sport, it might be your interests, it might be your hobbies, it might be the fact that you've got kids. It might be the fact that you had a, 
a busy World Book Day and you go into work and everyone's just looking crazy because they're just done in with World Book Day. Whatever it is, don't be afraid to share because it's your story. Your story. I love the Julia Donaldson stories. They're not mine. They're written by a very clever lady who likes to rhyme words a lot. But I can impact with my story. You can impact with your story. So when we go into worship now, just think about your story. Think about the rocks in your life that you have put down. And some of us maybe need to think, are we living where our rock is right now? And if we are, and it's a safe place for now, okay, but let's not set up camp there. Let's not set up our tent, our house or whatever and live there because as you read on and they go on, it's not long after that the walls of Jericho come down. If they stayed at those rocks, if they'd have stayed at the edge of the river going, I'm not going to put my foot in here, Jericho would have never have come down. But you only know that because they carried on moving. Thank you very much.